Good morning, and welcome to, to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Ross M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. Today is June 4th, 2021, and we're reading from the big book, page 62, the second paragraph, to the bottom of the paragraph, so our troubles, we think, and that's in how it works, okay? Today's readers are. We have Loretta H. for the 12 Steps, 12 Traditions, that one eight. Uh, first readers, Lauren N. Jo- Joni C. is going to be reading uh, Vision for You, and our back- backup readers, INSC. So the reference numbers for the past two meetings, yesterday, 7 a.m., is 17,069. And then the 10 a.m. meeting is 17,070, 17070. All right, the preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting or nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I now ask Loretta H. to read the 12 steps. Russ, thank you for your service, and thank you everybody who saved my life on this line every day. This is Loretta H., recovered in Raleigh, North Carolina. Here are the steps we took. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore his sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them, all, to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except one to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only 
for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message <coughs> to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service and blessings for the day. Thanks, Lorena. Now I've asked Dawn E to read the 12 traditions. Dawn Star One. Thanks, Russ. I thought I was unmuted. Good morning, everyone. My name is Davalyn E., and I am a compulsive eater living in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to give service, and may you all have a day full of peace and contentment. Pass. Thanks, Dadwin. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on the topic. This meeting does does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one on mute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. 
then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except this speaker should be muted. So today we resume our study of the big book and how it works, page 62, second paragraph. And we're just going to read that paragraph, study that paragraph. So our troubles, we think, were basically of our own making. And I have asked, I believe it's Lauren N. Lauren N., you're up to me. Yes, it is. Hi, Ross. Thank you very much. Lauren N., compulsive overeater, sugar addict from New York. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcohol alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot. Though he usually doesn't think so, above everything else, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it will kill us. God makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. Thank you, Russ, for allowing me to do service. Thank you all for being here every day. I am so grateful for this meeting, which has helped me get to recovery. Oh, my God. I never, ever could have imagined that I would reach maintenance which I actually did yesterday or have started to get there. Thank you all for being here and for teaching me how to do this program and for teaching me that there is a way of life that doesn't have to be done by my brain. I now have a committee of people that I talk to, that I discuss with things, that I realize that I am able, they are able to help me and advise me because I have no business making any decisions in my life because I will screw it up some way, somehow. I will make a mess of it because that's what I do. I am self, selfish, self-centered. Lost you, Lauren. Star one. We still got about a minute and a half. Are you, can you can you hear me? Perfect. Somehow Perfect. I got muted again, but how the heck this happened, I don't know. I am I have lost a total of a hundred and hundred and sixty five pounds and I've reached maintenance. And in the past, if I had lost this kind of weight. I would turn around and go right back up again because that's the way I do things. I did it probably eight or nine times. But today I have hope 
Today I have hope that I will not. And I have God and I have all of the 8,000 people on this line to help me believe that there's another way to do it. And to know that I am able and willing to have God's help in this. And my committee, my my sponsor, my nutritionist, my therapist, my my fellows, my 11-step, my 10-step, my local intergroup, my all of you all help me every single day. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Lauren. So we're going to open up for sharing. But before we do, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you share it on Wednesday or Thursday, please step back, give another fellow a chance. And um, we're going to be sharing on page 62, that second paragraph and how it works. Who would like to share? Margaret D. Tina S. Margaret. Tina. Lisa B. Janice P.M. Lisa. We got Jan. Janice. Larry K. Larry. Marjo. Marge. Uh, We could take another. Let's take another one for this group. Okay, we're going to go with this then. So we got Margaret D., we got Tina, Lisa, Janice, Larry, and Marge. Margaret, you're up. Star one, Mark. Good morning. This is Margaret D. Um, from Georgia, and uh, I am very blessed to be a recovered compulsive eater. Um, this paragraph, every single line is is my story, just absolutely my story. And um, first of all, my troubles, basically, they were of my own making because I'm a compulsive eater. Uh, um, and it's like having pneumonia and being told not to cough. You just can't do it. It just, you know, um, I guess because I feel so intensely about this, I'm going to try to not be a drudge about it. But anyways, so um, the, the sentence that really rings home to me is the individual doesn't think that he's the um, that he's the problem, and so this is how it worked for me. Um, I got into program around 1987, 1988, something like that, and everything that somebody said to do, I did. You know, they said get a sponsor, so I got a sponsor. They said do this, you know, go to that meeting, so I went to that meeting. They said work the steps, so I worked the steps. And I did all of that on my own without ever including God. That I thought that I had turned my life and my will over to my higher power. But in retrospect, I hadn't. I was one, the one that decided, okay, now I'm going to work step 
11. Okay, now I'm going to go to this meeting. Okay, that didn't work. So now I'm going to, you know, ask that person to be my sponsor. Oh, so I'm still not abstinent. Okay, well, um, I'm going to go work at that convention. Or maybe if I take that, you know, do that job on um, in intergroup or whatever. And literally, I was running from pillar to post trying to follow instructions, but I never, ever, ever stopped and said, God, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to be? And that's the selfishness. So I guess I used to think of selfishness as this really terrible thing because I was a bad person. But now what I see is the selfishness is part of being, for me, it's like being emotionally, mentally, and spiritually sick. And I could not heal myself. Um, And it was only when I started listening to um, A Vision for You on a daily basis and hearing people say, I asked God, or, you know, I went to God for help, or I did, and I kept hearing that over and over and over again. And all of a sudden it rang true with me that basically I had been, and I'll wrap it up with this, I'd been trying to run my own spiritual life, and it just didn't work. And so with that, I pass. And thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Margaret. Next up is Tina S. Fah by Lisa B. Thanks so much, Russ. Uh, Tina S. Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great paragraph. You know, and uh, so our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. Duh. You know, and, and what I want to do, first thought is, is to make it be about you. And this paragraph absolutely tells me that it cannot be about you. You know, and I'm an extreme example of self-will run right for sure. And then I don't think so. You know, <laughs> absolutely. You know, but it tells me above everything, above everything, I must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. You know, and, and it may not kill me physically, but it has killed me emotionally and spiritually for many, many years. And, it, and then it tells me the answer. God makes that possible. You know, for many, many years, I tried to do this thing on my own, just like what was previously shared. Um, What it got me was a couple seats and a couple 12-step programs, you know. And it tells me that there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. So it tells me I can't do it without it, you know. Bottom line, back against the wall, you know, because I, I too, like many other people, I'm pretty independent. I can do this thing on my own. Well, my experience has shown me that I cannot you know, and I had many moral and philosophical convictions galore, you know, but I couldn't live up to them either. You know, once in the food, all those convictions and, and uh, philosophical convictions and moral convictions were out the window. You know, I just was wanting to see what I can get so that I could be okay, you know, and, um, and I can't reduce my self-centeredness. I was wishing or trying because I did all that. You know, I practiced all this stuff that it said on my own. I got nothing. And it tells me on page, I think it's 67, but it tells me self-reliance fails us. You know, we had to have God's help. And trust and rely on a power greater than myself. And that's the only thing that gets me, you know, and, and here we are, you know, in third step, you know. So I got to make a decision here. And all I, I was needed to do was to make a decision that something – Something other than me could get me through the rest of the steps in, into a spiritual awakening. And so I gave it a shot. And I am so grateful that I did. And I'm glad to be on this line in this meeting. It's been a, uh, it just has, 
I don't know, it has just made my recovery so different and so blessed in so many ways over the last several, six, seven years, and I am grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Tina. Appreciate it. So next up is Lisa B., followed by Janice P.M. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina, and I do spell my name L-E-S-A. This has been such a powerful meeting, and the lead speaker and the shares that followed really have talked to me in a very deep way. Um, You know, I, I want to have the experience that the founding members of AA, the people that penned this book, you know, had. And um, I need to do what they did. And they tell me, and there is a solution, that the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. And then when I look at this paragraph that we just read this morning, you know, there's a conflict there because God had not been the central fact of my life. I had been the central fact of my life and I still do that in a recovered state. I still operate on my own power. And the the lead speaker, you know, talked about um, the fellowship that helps her because her brain is a broken brain. And that's my experience today. I need to go to my recovered fellows, you know, around me. I need to go to other compulsive overeaters that are recovered, that have had an experience that can help me see with clarity because I have a story that I tell myself and I live in that story and I can really believe that that is the story that's so. And I'm blocked by self-centeredness and I can do this, you know, no matter how much time and recovery I have, I can do this on an ongoing basis. But the good news is I have to have God's help. That's the answer. I have to have God's help. I need to humbly accept to the core of my being, I have to have God's help. God has to be the central fact of my life every day, always. And then, you know, on the other side of the coin, I could start to want to worship my sponsors or recovered fellows or this big book or even this meeting. And I can go to that extreme too, you know, so I need to get unblocked and uncluttered And God helps me do that. But then I need to ultimately go back to God again, you know. So it's like this this mixture of walking together with my recovered fellows and reaching back behind me to newcomers and being of service and extending my hand to them. And boy, they help me in ways that they have no idea. But then cherishing that silent space with the God of my understanding, that's the central So I just wanted to share that, and I'm so glad to be here, and I passed. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate it. Before we get Janice PM up, I just want to let you know if you hopped on a little later, we're on page 62, uh, the second paragraph, just the second paragraph, not all the way down to the bottom. It's uh, so our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. So next up is Janice PM. Well, good morning to you, Russ. Um, Thank you very much. This is Janice P.M., and I'm from Massachusetts, a recovered compulsive overeater. Oh, boy, when I read this, what do you mean it's of my own making, all my troubles? It's not about me. So I thought that's my self-will. It was all about everybody else. So this paragraph is, you know, a message of hope because it's neither necessary nor possible to change the world. 
and the others in the world, and that's what I was trying to do. It's impossible to do that, you know, but, but with God's help, you know, I can change myself. That's what I heard. And then if I can change myself with God's help, then no other changes are needed, you know, but, you know, if I'm to blame for almost all my troubles, there's something I can do about it because I'm the only person that can change. It makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of hope here. But, of course, I didn't think. You know, I thought I could change the world. And, you know, today, you know, and, of course, in the past, you know, my troubles are the way I think. It's all my thinking about the troubles, about you. Um, it, you know, it's, that's my self-will. It's my thinking that, has, that is so extreme, that was so extreme. And that's what it means to have my self-will run riot. A riot is trouble, is, 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 is like war, and it's war with myself, you know. But I didn't think so. I still thought, you know, mm, you know, I might, but it's, this paragraph is telling me that I must, I must have, I must get rid of self, you know, um, I must get rid of self just like I must have oxygen to breathe. That is the basic problem here, you know, and um, I always thought that my food was the problem, alcohol was the problem. You know, and I had moral and philosophical convictions galore. But I was trying, trying, trying myself. Well, that's still self-centered. And uh, that's what I found. I can't try um, because I have to. I must. I could never live up to my morals. Um, I just couldn't, no matter how much I wished it. And, of course, that was still trying to, to get better through my own power. But I know... My wishing and my trying does not get rid of it because I'll still be self-centered. I have to have God's help. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Janice. Appreciate it. Next up is Larry Kay, followed by Marjo. Then we'll take another group. Hey, Russ. Some brotherly Philly love. Good to hear you. How are you? Um, you know, we're hearing, we're hearing a theme here. <laughs> you you uh, sick people who were redeemed, you know, helped me, another sick person, with the hope of being redeemed, right, and uh, through these steps and through this work. And, um, you know, when I think about this, you know, there's a theme here. My problems, my depression, my past, my food, my partner, my boss, my disease, my recovery, me, 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 me. How can I get out of the quicksand of me? <laughs> it's tough. Um, you know, nerves for me have a way of, of making, you know, me fold into myself, obsessing over each awkward thing, you know. Every, everything I've said or I've done in front of someone that you're trying to impress, you know, and I'm chatting away, but I'm also very much focused on you trying to figure out the impression you're you know, I'm leaving. And meanwhile, when I do that, I've missed the last five minutes of the, of the conversation. 
See, you see the irritability. You saw the irritability in me. You saw the self-loathing in me. You saw, and yet, you know what else you saw in me? You saw God's beauty. Some of you saw God's beauty behind the mask. That's what these steps did for you, is they gave you the ability to see the God's beauty behind my mask, my masks, plural. And to me, this is an example of that tunnel vision that feeds our obsessive rumination. You know, I keep ruminating over me and I descend into this like toxic state of self-absorption and I can't get out of it without God's help. I need God's help. And even our relationships are damaged. Sometimes irreparably they're damaged by this self-preoccupation that undermines closeness and it undermines intimacy and, and, and all those things. And, you know, we deceive ourselves. And God allows that deception to occur, I believe. God allows the learning to occur, however painful it is, back to kindergarten for me. So how is it that I can overcome this selfishness? You know, clearly thinking I could do it myself actually feeds the lion. You know, the only way that we can change in any sustainable way is with God's help. These steps, when followed as intended, are what's going to be the going to make that revolutionary internal shift possible. It's going to make access to God possible. And if the steps do not appear to be working, do them again, Larry. Still nothing? Oh, oh, do them again and again and again. And yeah, I know you're, you're, it sucks. You're tired. You're frustrated. And I say this with love. Get over it. We, I cannot get out of a prison a self-imposed prison by thinking my way out of it. Bye. Thanks, Russ. Just wrapping up. I have to resign myself to an active revolutionary change of heart, and that's going to come by accepting God's grace. If not, I'm going to continue to struggle. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, brother. Next up is Marjo, and now we're going to take another group for sharing. Thanks, Russ. Marjo from Massachusetts. Recovered, but certainly not cured. These are a few of my favorite lines in this book because I had no idea that I was the one causing most of my own troubles, probably all of my own troubles or difficulties in life. I really didn't. And I was, I've been in program a long time, but there was still that lacking, that, that, that feeling like, geez, I wish they'd do things the way I want them to do it so that things would be better here. Who the heck did I think I was? I thought I was in charge. I was my own little goddess here. So I am, as always, eternally grateful for the program, eternally grateful for visions, for the people that I do get to talk to, and to imagine that I can talk to anybody and just call them up and say, listen, I'm having trouble with this, and they can lovingly say, why don't you read that, that page, read that sentence out loud, maybe five times. Excuse me. Tons of pollen in Massachusetts. Anyway, I just, you know, the selfishness, the self-seeking, the dishonesty, telling everybody I was fine when I wasn't even close, so much stuff that I lived with that only a higher power and the help of my group and working the steps and giving of myself and asking my higher power in the morning, what can I do to be helpful today? Who can I help? And to know that 
the opportunity is going to arrive. Whether I can reach out or I can wait and see. Either way, I will get my opportunity because my higher power sends me what I need a day at a time. And with that, I will pass. And thank you. Thanks, Marge. Appreciate it. So let me let you know where we're at. We're on page 62 and how it works. Second paragraph. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. And although we value experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So who would like to share on page 62, the second paragraph? Kim A. Kim. Kathy B. Kathy. Johan, I got Johan. Pete B. Johan. There is someone before Pete. Someone before Pete. Carol T. Carol? Carol T. Kim Kim T or or Karen? Karen. Karen, there we go. All right, sorry about that. I got bad ears here. All right, we could take uh I think I can take two more. Victoria W. Heidi L. Okay, we'll get Victoria and Heidi. Victoria W. Heidi L. All right. Kim A, Kathy M, Johan M, Karen T, Pete B, Victoria W, Heidi L. Kim, you are up. Thank you. This is Kim A from New York, and it's almost impossible to talk about this paragraph for such a short period of time because there's so much in here. Um, You know, for me, the most important part of this was towards the bottom where it explains that we're not able to make ourselves better people on our own. I know that once I started to see what a selfish person I was, I was like, okay, well, I really need to, like, make myself a better person, more helpful, more kind. I wasn't able to do that any more than I was able to stop compulsively eating on our own. So, you know, steps four and five really are like the cornerstone, right? Because we're getting honest. Our sponsor is helping us look at things from a different angle. So we're able to see that we created an awful lot of wreckage in such sometimes like subtle ways. Um, You know, I didn't think I was such a dishonest person because, you know, I wasn't stealing money and I wasn't cheating on my husband. I wasn't being obviously dishonest, but the emotional dishonesty that I learned about in step five, it was really mind-blowing. And, you know, two and a half years after recovering, it's still kind of revealing itself. And so I need to constantly be asking my higher power to give me that next right thought or action. Because left to my own delusional thinking, I still want things the way I want them. Not nearly as much as I used to. But, um, you know, even, even today I find that if I'm afraid of something, most of the time it's because maybe I did something I wasn't supposed to do or I'm trying to be sneaky about something to get my way at work or, you know, my my husband's not doing what I want him to do, whatever it is, and, like, I'm trying to manipulate him, I am still basically, like, running on self-will 
when I'm not constantly in touch with my higher power. And that's not the easiest thing to do, but it's really um it's really the crux of everything. Um just like I recognized that my delusional mind was always going to lead me back into the food, no matter what I was eating or not eating, whether I was weighing and measuring, like managing my food was never helpful because my crazy mind would always find a way to lead me back to taking that first bite. My mind will always find a way to tell me that I should be getting my own way or that something isn't the way I want it or, you know, whatever it is that leads me into resentment and self-pity. And thank God we have steps 10 through 12 because you know, this is what keeps me from eating because I basically never get my way. But it's all about asking God. Thanks, I'll wrap up. Um, because, you know, we, we can't we can't run the show anymore. My name is um Kim A and I am from New York City. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Kim. Next up is Kathy M followed by Johan. Hi, good morning. My name is Kathy C, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Montreal, Canada. Yeah, thank you, everybody, for your service. Um, You know, this paragraph here, when I look at it line by line, there's so much information. Uh, So my troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. Um, For me, you know, uh, my making is my thinking. Right, because no action ever comes without a, a, a thought, right? It's perceived by a thought. So this arises out of myself, right? Because I, I live in my head. I only have my, my, uh, you know, the decisions come from me in my head. Um, and I don't think it's it's like my 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 problem because I, I just know what's in my head. That's that's what that's all I know. The world as I see it is in my mind. Is in my head with all my, you know, my like it says here, moral and philosophical convictions, and I I, I know right from wrong, um, you know, but I don't I, I don't think there's anything wrong with my thinking. I really think there's something else out there. Um, I, I I don't think I'm a bad person. That I want my my kids to be healthy. That I want COVID to stop. That my employees should be doing this. That this should be doing that. And then I had to see, wow, I have to back up back up a little bit, back up a little bit. Like, that's the problem. I'm thinking that I really know what everyone else needs, what everyone else should be doing. It's like I'm going to be the director of everybody else. So I could feel okay. But this program is teaching me that I am powerless to my thinking, just like I was to food. And it's really self-centered. I'm just alone here with myself. And I'm telling you that, if I don't get rid of this self-centeredness, I'm still going to be stuck in that same head and the same ideas. You know, so here I am to be open, to receive something else, to see like, well, how good is, is, is how good are things going when you are in yourself making those decisions by yourself? Would you not want to be open maybe to receive anything? Here, there's promises. They're telling us the promises could come true for us. That when we come to believe that we need the help. So I named this higher power. I named it God. And I ask now, that is my thinking. So then my making, now whatever I'm, the actions I take, won't be as harmful, hurtful. I won't be so concerned. I won't be in fear. My God, those, those fears, right? The delusion, the forms of fear. 
I need God's help. So now I have to turn to God here. Because I can't do this by myself. I'm so better off when I do turn to God. And it, and it comes. It absolutely comes. Um, that's all I have. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Next up is Johan, followed by Karen. Hi, good morning. My name is Johan M. I'm like an amateur, and I'm a repulsive work in Sweden. Johan, one second. We, we could barely hear you, buddy. Is there any way you could uh, increase your volume a little bit? better can you hear me it's just not it's not the greatest we can hear i can hear you it's very uh, just do your best now it's about. better there you go is that better my man perfect okay okay <laughs> thank you thank you so my name is joanna and i'm about that for telling me and um, so amazing paragraph uh, I say that about all the paragraphs but it it truly is and uh, I came into this program thinking that I had a problem with food you know see that the problem was was me himself and that I could not handle emotions uh, and uh, that I was the problem and people called it self-help program this is not a self-help program. So I'm sitting in my sofa watching Netflix and just following my food plan all day. But I can't do that. Johan, we're, we're losing you. That's right. We're losing you. I You're need God's we're, we're losing you, Johan. So maybe, maybe we... Can you hear me? Yes, right, right there we can. You're you're fading in and out. Go okay, ahead. okay. I'm sorry about that. No worries, uh, no worries. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, this is not a, a self-help program. This is a God-help program, and I need God's help uh, in order to stay abstinent. If I, if I could do this on my, by myself, I would, I would just do that by myself, but it's not possible. But through work, working the steps, through, through having a sponsor, through this meeting on a vision, uh, I got recovery and I got recovered, which is an amazing miracle. But I need to continue to work the program. I need to to, to continue to have God's help because I cannot do this alone. Uh, I cannot do this by myself. I cannot solve the problem with the problem because the problem centers in my mind. So self-centeredness cannot solve self-centeredness. I need to have a higher power to 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 solve this problem for me. and. Uh, by continuing to work in the pro, staying connected with the sun power in step 10, 11, 12, I can, I can stay recovered one day at a time. I'll pause for that. Thank you so much. Thanks, Johan. I appreciate it. So before Karen starts, I'll let you know where we're at. We're page 62, second paragraph, and how it works. Just that second paragraph. So we have Karen T. followed by Pete B. Hello, this is Karen, compulsive overreader. Um, from New Orleans, Louisiana. Thank you so much, Russ, um, for moderating and for every share we've had before. It's been wonderful. Um, 
this paragraph, it, it gets me. I love the big book because it really understands my thought process as, and it makes me feel like I'm part of something bigger, right? Because, oh, okay, this must be the way all addicts think or possibly the way all people think. But I need to be shown my own thinking and um, so that I can allow God into it. So when I read the troubles we think are basically of our own making, then I think to myself, well, then the solution can be of my own making too. And that is, of course, what this paragraph is refuting, that even um, I can't get out of it myself. So the trouble is my own making, great. And it's self-will run riot, but I don't want to think so. I usually don't think it's me. I want to think it's everyone else. And I loved the paragraphs leading up to this. I, I'm not the director of my own show, even though I want to be desperately. Um, and if everyone would just do what I wanted, um, I still would be uh, unhappy because then I'd be worried that they wouldn't do it in the future. Do you know what I mean? So Karen being her own director is not a way out of my troubles, even though I think so. And so I have to get rid of this selfishness or it kills me. And of course it kills me because in my selfishness, I get resentments and fears and those block me off from power. And when I'm blocked off from power, from my higher power, then the food looks good. And I go back into the food and uh, that is a death physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So then I realize, okay, I have to get rid of this selfishness or it kills me. And then this paragraph reminds me where I, exactly where I go next. Okay, let me apply my self-will to get rid of my self-will. And you can't um, heal a sick brain with a sick brain, right? It has to be a power outside of myself that can restore us to sanity. And so then that's why I love the last sentence of this paragraph. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. And so that brings us squarely to this third step decision. I want to do it myself desperately, but I can't. And when I let go and let God, that's when real, real power and healing can come in. And that's right. when we can move from the bedevilments to the promises. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thanks, Karen. Next up is Pete B. Thanks, Russ. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater. Recovered today by God's grace and mercy. Thanks for taking the meeting. Yeah, you know, uh, it's interesting. You know, I, I, I read in the big book that it tells us that each one of us, every human being is born with a, a certain set of instincts. Right, social security, sex, ambitions. We all have these instincts. And for some strange reason, as a as a, a compulsive overeater, alcoholic, I used the wrong solutions to meet these instincts. Right? So you say so I, I addressed trying to meet these needs with substances that I happen to be allergic to, right? Substances that that cause an abnormal reaction. 
Um, I don't know where they came from. It sounds like when I read, when I listened to this meeting that people identified where that came from. I don't know where it came from, right? It, 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 it's just called phenomena, right? I don't know where this allergy came from, and I don't know where this mental obsession came from. It's just unexplainable, but for some reason I have it, right? And everything I ever tried to do to correct it failed me. All of my own resources, every resource that I had out there, right, like – you know, trainers, gurus, you know, better philosophies, new codes of morals, nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing could stop me from going back to those substances once I put them in my mouth or thinking that those substances will solve my problem. So what I had to do, I had to come to the, come to the, the certainty that I could never solve my problem. And here's another certainty I came to. None of you could ever solve my problem. That, the, that the, the solving of that problem, the, the arresting of this condition was going to have to come from a power greater myself that I did not believe in. And the recovered individuals that I ran into told me that I was without hope. And I had to turn to that power to remove that merciless obsession. And I did that. And that merciless obsession was removed. Now, what the book is telling me that left to my own devices, I will always return to that behavior. And that the only hope I have is to turn my life and will over care of this God of my understanding. And just like, just like those, you know, that, 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 that merciless obsession to eat was, couldn't be removed by me, neither can this merciless obsession to be selfish, self-centered, and self-seeking, right? Like, I, these cannot be outworked, right? These can't be, you know, I can't wash, rinse, and repeat myself into recovered, being recovered, right? This has to come from a power outside of me. This has to come from God, right? There's no willing myself into being unselfish. That comes from the power. And thank goodness we have the whole rest of this book to tell us how we access that power. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate it. So I overestimated my time. Victoria W. and Heidi L., if you could each take two and a half minutes, that'll put us right at time. So two and a half minutes if you can. Appreciate it. Victoria, you are up. Okay, thank you. May I be heard? Perfect. Okay, great. Thank you so much to everybody who's doing service on this meeting and listening and making it possible. Um, I'm Victoria W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in, well, on the, on the list, um, I'm in Texas. Right now I'm in more of a nomadic state, so I will update that once I have a more permanent address and talk about one day at a time. But I just wanted to share on this paragraph this morning because, you know, I, had, I was on a call with somebody the other day and just something they said really struck me about how they work with their sponsees and they tell them that columns two and columns four can both be true. And that's what I was really reminded of when I read this paragraph this morning of just that, you know, if I, if I'm always looking for, you know, not being truly humble or in connection with my higher power, and I'm talking about myself like I'm a garbage person because I'm so selfish and dishonest, you know what, this book tells me that that's just a fact. That's just, right? If I've gotten, to, if I've gotten this far in this book, I'm probably somebody who identifies this way. I am a compulsive overeater. And so my selfishness and self-centeredness is a fact. So I can know my worth. I can know that I need to go to my higher power and ask for assistance. But the more I torture myself over not being able to remove it myself, um, it's really futile. Um, 
And the other thing that that statement told me in the, when I was on that call with that fellow is that, you know, life is, I am not guaranteed a perfect, happy life. That's not what, that's nowhere in there that says life is going to be perfect. They do say that with this program, I can have a life beyond my wildest dreams. Um, and I will say both of those things are true for me. It's not perfect, but it's beyond my wildest dreams. Um, and I'll just wrap up so Heidi can go, but um, just know that if there's something happening, you can feel hurt. You can feel, um, you know, you're allowed to feel sad. You're allowed to do those things, but we have to look at our part. And this is what reminds me that every time I'm disturbed, I have a part. I'm not a garbage person. I'm just a garden variety compulsive overeater. Thanks, I'll pass. All right, thank you, Victoria. Next up is Heidi, and you'll be our last share. You got two and a half minutes. Hey there, my name is Heidi. I am a compulsive overeater from Toronto, and today I am recovered. I am so grateful to all of you. Um, I was in relapse for quite a while, um, and now it's about 15 months that I am free. And I think that really self will run riot. I sort of picture it like a boat, just flailing around and not knowing where it's going. And, and that was me. And my self will really got me into a lot of trouble. And I am so, I'm, I'm sitting here right now in a clean home. I'm not stuffed, I'm not hungry. I'm not tired, I'm not angry, I'm not lonely. I am just a person living life on life's terms. I will have a day, I will have a good day. Uh, the pandemic is over, is over in my life right now. Um, my dad is not well, and that is life on life's terms. And I'm just really grateful, and I want, and I've been listening to this meeting on and off, not perfectly, not every single day, because life is life. But I really felt an obligation last night as I was having a hard time, a little bit of a hard time falling asleep. I thought, no, you have to share tomorrow and just share your experience, strength, and hope to those people that are listening and that are still in relapse or that are having a hard time. Um, we have an option to go back to our old life, um, but that option isn't a very good one. And we won't feel good and we won't feel productive and we won't be... We just won't feel good. So I'm grateful to all of you. I'm grateful to this meeting. Um, this meeting is the meeting that sort of turned it all around for me. Um, lots of other stuff that I've been doing, lots of other do things, um, but this is the meeting that turned it around for me, that unlocked the key uh, so that I could leave my relapse and live a life um, beyond my wildest dreams. And to all of you, I say have a wonderful weekend and a wonderful 24 hours. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi. You are our last share for today. And thank you for everyone who shared. Uh, please join us for a second hour unrecorded study immediately after the closing. And today's share ID, Friday, June 4th, 2021, 7 a.m. meeting is 17,079. So that's 17079. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Joni C. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be successive only. 
up to keep you until then. Um, this is Joni C. from Minnesota. I gratefully recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.